if you're going to be a great CEO, remove your EGO. Mm. You know, uh, because mm-hmm. if you can do that, then when faced with situations that might not be ideal, then you're looking at the situation itself versus looking at it as if, you know, I'm this person, you know what I mean? And my title really defines me and how I should respond to this. Create your life. Create a proper vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and I just made it back this morning. I flew back from California, and, uh, you know, today's one of those CEO talks uh, where you get really get to uh, learn about the life and perspective from the CEO seat. But before we jump in and I bring you on our resident guest, uh, Todd Weiner, CEO of Clever Air, and Eric Frangman, CEO of Itelio, let's catch up. Uh, so uh, welcome back to Create Your Life series. We uh, haven't met. In a little while, uh, we took a, took a week off while I was down in um, in Florida for a conference. But uh, it's been a great end of summer, you know. And uh, you know, what were some of those last minute bits of summer fun and summer goals that you squeezed in before the start of the fall? You know, did you do anything this last couple of weeks while it's still kind of warm? Because I feel like the temperature's changing a lot here in New York City. You know, I've personally been uh, preparing. Uh, for and had some outstanding opportunities over the last couple of weeks. You know, as a winner of the Black Enterprise Modern Man uh, Award for 2017, I was able to go down uh, to Palm Beach, Florida, and, you know, participate in their conference called Black Men Excel. And it was an amazing experience uh, where I got to meet just so many people who were trailblazing in so many different fields. And it was just, it was just awesome, you know, but to also see people, you know, at, at different levels. I was meeting uh, actually, some fraternity brothers and, and other people, CEOs of their different companies and things like that, um, from ages all the way up to like in their 60s, man, down to the 20s, who were really, really making moves. So it was definitely um, inspiring. And then one of the best things uh, that happened this summer, uh, I got news last week that I was accepted into SLP, which is the accelerator program that I told you guys about, who Todd here is also uh, an alumni of and still very active uh, participant in. And so, you know, that that was really, really a great highlight for the summer. But also this past week, like I was telling you earlier, I went to home to California and was able to connect with some amazing people uh, and see the Bay Area from a different perspective, um, connected with some of my friends who are doing big things in tech out there in the Bay Area, some working at Y Combinator, some at, at some other companies. So it was definitely uh, an eye-opening experience to see and actually go and experience the, the tech scene in San Francisco uh, from uh, from that, from their perspective, you know. And without further ado, I want to welcome our guests, uh, Todd Wanish and uh, Eric Fonger. Please say hello to the Create Your Life series family, guys. What's up, everybody? How's it going? How's it going? Good to be here. Man, so good to have you guys. I feel like it's been a while since we had CEO talks. Um, and so I'm just happy to have you guys. Todd, you are here, man. Ah, uh, happy to have you, man. I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me back. Uh, most definitely. And uh, Eric, 
Uh, Eric, what's the topic for today? Because you guys know when we do um, CEO talks, I actually get kicked out of the CEO, I mean the host seat, and you guys take over. So what, what's <laughs> happening today, man? So we'll be talking about um, reputation management. Um, basically, how can you manage the expectations of everybody around you that matters and how they feel about you, really? So, and then utilize that to your advantage. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So, what's the first question, man? Let us know. Bless us. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the way you kind of uh, kicked off the session, it was real. It's crazy how you listed the, the number of events that have happened in the last two weeks, but. Mm -hmm from a, a media cycle perspective, you just get pushed on to the next event so quickly. I literally forgot uh, McGregor and Mayweather had a fight. <laughs> right. It, what, that was like a week and a half, two weeks ago at, at the latest? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But um, <clears throat> from a first question perspective, it comes down to um, how does the CEO manage their reputation while in the process having to adjust while learning new things? So, two-week span, you could have multiple things coming at you, whether it's a hurricane or uh, something that happens in your business, new sales lead or a loss of sales in one area. How do you manage all of that while still understanding your stakeholders' view of yourself? Um, Todd, why don't you kind of give a, a quick um, uh, spiel about who you are, what you do, and, and the way that you manage your reputation uh, in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, before we begin, I got to say that uh, tonight is actually uh, my wife's and I six-year wedding anniversary. Woo! So, Congratulations. Yeah, man. We, awesome. we had our Congrats, first, first date uh, at 6, 7, 8, and then uh, our engagement at 8, nice. uh, eight 9, 10, and then we got married 9, 10, 11. So uh, I got to she's, – she's my best friend, and she's my co-founder and my CTO. And, uh, That's awesome. She's phenomenal. Wow. So uh, – she definitely gets a shout out. So, so, so that's your answer. That is, that is. Have a have a have a good have 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 a really good support team. <laughs> right. No. So so in terms of in terms of the way I manage reputation personally, I, I take it um, the way I was brought up, um, both in terms of business and family, was that the only thing you have is your is your name, and the only thing you have is your reputation. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. you have to you have to on one side. Um, I always try to deliver on what I promise on, and mm -hmm. I always try to help other people regardless of outcome. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, most of the time, unless it's a strict business deal, um, most of the time what I'll do is I just help people because I like to help people. Uh, and then that in itself is, is what begins that reputation, right? If something comes out right. of that, if a right. deal comes out of that or a business relationship comes out of that, that's a bonus for me. Um, so right there, right. Um, it, I think it just uh, begins with trying to go to the core of the person and just become just recognizing that you got to be a good person to start with, right? Like you don't right. have to build a good reputation if you're a good person because your reputation will naturally flow out of it. Um, on top of that, right. uh, when bad things happen, uh, as they do sometimes. You just have to understand that that's part of the business, and you got to do whatever it takes within your power to rectify it. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's a customer, mm -hmm. if it's a customer or somebody that has a problem, um, you better believe I'm on that phone. You know, I'm not too big or too um, shy to to hop on a call and talk to somebody and do whatever I can to to fix whatever problem they can't. You know, they have. Um, right. My my livelihood I, and the livelihood of the people that I support depends on me having good relationships. Right. 
Right. I definitely find that um, acting with humility first helps quite a bit, but the inevitable happens. Something always goes wrong, always. <laughs> so, and, and a lot of times, especially with customers, it's an expected, it's an easy one to get over, but really all you have to do is tell the, show the customer that you genuinely care what it is that's bothering them. Mm-hmm. Be responsive, listen to them, actually dive into the problem, and then communicate how it's going to be rectified. And you can keep a customer by just ex- enacting those quick steps, or you can lose them by pretending or acting as if you don't really care as much or as if they're not that high of a priority. Um, what type of, you say you have a really good support system. What type of advisors do you have that kind of help you keep your head on, on straight? Most of my advisors tend to be people in my entrepreneurial network. So other founders, mm-hmm. um, great lawyers that actually care more about you as a person than, than just taking a retainer from you. Right. Um, right. Right. Honestly, it's, it's <laughs> other, it's fine. Right. It is, it is. It's, it's other, it's just other people who are going through the same things that you are. Right. Yeah. Um, and being open about it. Like I'm, I'm a, I try to be as, as open as I can, as public as I can about, about the things that I'm going through with other people, uh, in the mm-hmm. hope, not the expectation, but the hope that they'll do the same. Uh, and uh, as the years have gone on, especially with, with, uh, at least in terms of some of the software products that, that we develop and, and do, um, I have found that the people that I personally like working with best are people mm-hmm. who I've met beforehand, who I've gotten to know beforehand, um, and just gotten mm-hmm. to, to like. Like, you know, we can grab a coffee or a beer, you know, and I just, we just like hanging out, then I don't have a problem working with somebody. And usually what happens is, is and again, it wasn't something that was strategic. It's not something that was planned. It's just something that happened to be and that I learned to, to really enjoy is that right. when you've built up that friendship, that trust, and just that basic relationship before jumping into right. the exchange of money, um, when right. something goes wrong, if it goes wrong, it's much easier to deal with because you're talking to a friend, you know, or, or at least right. an acquaintance, and, and if they know just from the relationship that if I say, no, I'm going to do whatever I can to fix this for you, that they have my word that I will go to the ends of the earth to, to do whatever right. it takes to, to rectify the situation, right? Yeah, and they're I, more understanding. Yeah, I think uh, I like to take a stab at this. I think that one of the important things, and I, I've had this conversation in the last uh, week or so, the important things in being in the CEO seat is, is if you're going to be a great CEO, remove your EGO. Mm. You know, uh, because mm-hmm. if you can do that, then when faced with situations that might not be ideal, then you're looking at the situation itself versus looking at it as if, you know, I'm this person, you know what I mean? And my title really defines me and how I should respond to this. Because we're basically, in a CEOC, we're on an eternal learning curve. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be periods of, right. of mess, mess ups. You know, there's going to be times where, you know, team members might not be necessarily the happiest with us. But as long as we're not operating from right. our EGOs, then we can definitely... Um, we can definitely navigate that space and always come back to somewhere good. Like Todd, I remember talking with you, you know, when you first actually said that to me, you know, that you, as long as you're working with friends then you're always happy and nothing's too big. Mm-hmm. And one of the, a part of our conversation was the reason why we got along so well is because that neither one of us was bringing our egos to the table. Right. And Eric, having known you for some time, I, I also see that about you. You know, I mean, of course, right. everybody has an ego to an extent, but understand that, okay, man, let me pump the brakes a bit or, you know, let me handle this with humility. 
Uh, I feel like that right. helps because when you when you're learning things and it's it's even okay to be transparent with your uh with your with your team like hey you know what this, we're going through an adjustment period right now or you know what I might have missed right. you know we might not have made the mark that we wanted to but we can still keep moving forward there's still area for improvement and not just for you is there's area for improvement for all of us and I think that that's strong and that that matters right that's interesting that you um you you take it there because it it talks it it refers to what else is required other than your reputation management, right? Mm-hmm. So even though you're out here trying to figure out how other people are perceiving you, how other people are experiencing you, um, it, you have to actually think a little bit deeper than that because there are people, these friends, these colleagues, these coworkers that you work with, mm-hmm. who are going to be experiencing that on a daily basis. So you're talking about how an individual is looking at you and dealing with you every single day they, they talk to you. Um, and one of the things that one of my uh, mentors talk, uh, informed me about was the, the fallacy of, of the hero, mm. right? So mm. you're in the CEO seat, and a lot of times, either because they're extremely confident in your abilities um, or because they're you know, manipulating you to their own end or because they're being um, dishonest with you for any particular reason, people may actually not criticize you, but try to prop you up under false pretense, um, whether conscientiously or not. And what happens is you start believing your own hype and you become less, you become dulled to the idea of actual constructive criticism. Right. Um, so if you're talking about reputation, it's not just how other people perceive you, but how you perceive yourself, mm. right? Are you going in believing that you have all the answers, that you can do it right, that you can do it all by yourself? And you have to check that as much as as much as anything else. Mm, so that sounds like a feelings of, of self worth, you know. And, yeah, and, and being mm-hmm. being very aware. Absolutely, and I think um, Kevin, to your point about about the ego, um, all entrepreneurs have an ego, right? We we have a specific type of ego. Right. Most people dream about, man, I could I could really do that, but but it's it's us. Uh, and the people like us that say, no, I'm going to do this. And we actually have the have mm-hmm. the guts and the cojones to, to try to do this. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, that takes a very specific type of personality. So I also think it's it's important for you to know yourself well enough to trust in what you can do and mm-hmm. make make decisions based on who you are as a person and, and what your personal worldview is and, and who you like to work with and and the way in which you like to work. Some people love going after massive venture rounds and, and they end up having a board of directors and advisors and that's, and they completely are adept at that. Others are bootstrappers who have mom and pop shops or start from the bottom and work their way up. It's, it's a preference Mm -hmm. and there's, there's no rule book anymore. So it's all about understanding who you are as a person and what lifestyle and what, what is going to push you in the right direction and the way you're going to, in which you're going to manage it. Yeah. I like to say, you know, sometimes there's a blueprint. Oftentimes there's not most of the time there's not. So you have to literally, uh, you know, create your life, but you have to literally go with what aligns with you. (laughs) Uh, you know, and that's, what's going to help you to avoid falling short as a leader. Cause you know, let's be honest, you know, oftentimes as the leader, you know, you're going to have to follow, and sometimes you're going to have to follow behind the suggestions that your team members make. You're going to have to either follow behind mm-hmm. the suggestions that your um, 
that your advisors make, your board of directors, you know, or you the might market. have to, Yeah, and I was about to say, industry trends, the market, you know, the, these are things that have to take place. And so being, letting that EGO go, you know, at times is what's going to, um, you know, is what's going to help right. you to, to sustain. Because there are going to be times, you know what I mean, where you have to put your foot down and say, you know what, this is the way that we're doing it. You have to make that, that pivoting decision. And because right. you're a good leader and because you're a humble CEO that is assertive, of course, then your team will fall in line mm -hmm. uh, with you. And, Eric, you know, you always say, hire slow, fire fast. You know, and if you have that disrupting, right. you know, uh, component to your team, then you have to get rid of those players in order to make sure that you all can go in one uh, direction together. Right. I think, I think, you know, even if you're working with friends, mm -hmm. when it comes down to business, you, you ultimately have to detach yourself from the successes and the failures that occur. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise you'll be mentally too much on the roller coaster. And I've been there in the past before where every success, every time someone said great presentation, you know, you got a, a little bit of an emotional high based off of that. Mm -hmm. And then every single failure was just like the pit, just took you all the way down mm -hmm. until I learned that that's just the cycle. There's going to be a failure. There's going to be a success. I know I'm walking in the right direction, and so I have to be comfortable walking in both lanes um, because ultimately people are going to look to you to be grounded during either one of those times as well, and you become a, uh, a beacon of, of, of stability mm -hmm. ultimately while you're, while you're walking through your, <clears throat> your business journey. Eric, what are some of the things that you've done? And Todd, too, please chime in. I think that that'd be really important for our listeners. What are some of the things that you've done in order to maintain that stability when you have the highs and when you have the lows? And, and ultimately, how have you, you know, managed to detach from that? Right, right. Um, speaking with people about, about things that they've gone through in the past lets me know that I'm not the only one going through a struggle. Mm -hmm. So it's this level of um, woe is me because I'm the only one who's ever had this type of pain situation that you got to get over. You know, everybody's been through it in some form or fashion. So learning you're not special helps, especially in the, in the down times. Mm -hmm. um, having, deriving value, personal value outside of my business ventures. So knowing I'm valuable as a father, as a husband outside of my business ventures, as a friend, as a colleague, that allows me to know that, you know, regardless of what happens in either domain, I can, I can, um, fall back in a belief that I'm doing something right in this world without it needing to all be in my work, right? So having a work-life balance, that's really what I'm saying there. Mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately, uh, continuously being, continuously checking in with myself to see if what I'm doing and where I'm going is where I want to go. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's very easy to get stuck in an idea of what success should be and then just walk that path. And it builds a lot of resentment. And, and if you're not aware of when that occurs and how it can occur, ultimately, you're not going to get any value out of your business either because you're doing it just because you believe it's the right way to succeed. And that's what when you say there's no rule book, success has no rule book and you should be comfortable chasing, chasing your instinct to some degree. Um, uh, in order to stay stable in what it is that really drives you forward. Um, but again, that's a very personal battle. I, I don't know if I can put that into words in any better way. <laughs> no, I think that's good, man. And I, and for me, it's uh, uh, an unflinching determination not to stop. Uh, the only way you fail is if mm -hmm. you stop. 
and yep. the, the other realization is that essentially building a business is uh, the failure Olympics, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you, you fail and you fail and you fail and you fail and then you fail a little less and you fail a little less. And then you have enough right. failures to look back on to say, you know, there was a success over here and there was a little thing that worked over there and maybe something over there. So maybe I can put that stuff together and have right. a small success. And then you get that small success and then you get another small success. Uh, we, I think we tend to forget that walking is essentially just falling the right way, right? You're just, you're <laughs> tripping constantly. You just are so used to it and you're so good at it that we call it walking, right? Uh, I like that right. analogy. That's interesting. <laughs> Mm. Falling forward. Falling forward. You know, as long as you don't hit the ground, you know, you keep walking. If you hit the ground, you dust yourself off, you get off, and you get up, and you you Mm -hmm. just keep walking. Well, hopefully, you Mm -hmm. know, you land on your hands, and then you can just do a push-up and act like you didn't. I've landed on my face a few times, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, definitely. (laughs) And again, I think it also helps. I think it also helps when when, uh, after you've done it enough and you become humble enough, to be open enough to other entrepreneurs, uh, mm-hmm. once you get the feedback, right? Once, once, like we're on this call, I can say, yeah, I've, I've failed a ton of times, like more than I can count. And then, you know, I'm sure if I asked you guys, you'd be like, yeah, me too. I failed at this or I failed at that. Like that in itself creates a brotherhood. It creates a, a, a feeling that we're not alone because as a leader and mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, as a founder, we're in a silo. We're in our own business making decisions that, mm-hmm. that, Eventually, you know, when you grow and, and when your business starts to scale, it affects the lives of others around you and it affects the, the lives of your employees and your contractors. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a very, it's a pressure cooker. So it, it yep. does help to be around people uh, beyond, beyond just the, the standoffishness that entrepreneurs tend to have, which is like, you know, you meet, you meet someone for the first time. And it's always a shock because, <laughs> because I'll always, I'll, a lot of times I'll start off like, hey, man, how's your business doing? Oh, we're, we're killing it. We're doing so oh, good. Yes. Right. We're crushing it. Right. Milestones after oh, milestones right. after milestones. And they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, man, my business is on fire this week. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden their defenses go down. They're like, oh, really? And I tell them about it. And they, I say, well, what do you right. think? Have you gone through this before? What's your idea? Oh, yeah, actually, you know, I had this happen to me. And this is how we, oh, yeah, that was my last business. It was a nightmare. Oh, all of a sudden, like, you know, it might be rosy or it might not be rosy, but, but people, people are used to this, the, the tech crunch soundbite where everything is mm-hmm. just, you're yep. just on fire all the time. And it's just not yep. true. You, you know, we all go through problems and, and it's up to us as entrepreneurs and as founders and, and leaders to be real about it, you know, both with our family right. and, and our, uh, our right. employees and contractors and other entrepreneurs. And ourselves. And I think that, yeah. you know, one of the other things is that people have done multiple businesses before they actually get it right or have or are in a particular position yeah. uh, mm-hmm. at, at, a, at a company that they founded for a long period of time. You know, like mm-hmm. I've, I've started several businesses. Todd, you have several businesses. You started others. Eric, the same thing with you. And now look at the conversation that we're having now, you know, for what we've <laughs> had in five years ago. Man. I started off in comics. I started off in comics and animation, and ended up in software. How's that work? Right, it's a journey, <laughs> man. It's a journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have to celebrate the journey. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you are you know blazing trails that no one else has done before, building something that no one else has done before. So it's this strange uh, line between self confidence and and 
and malignant ego. <laughs> you can't you can't you can't pretend yourself you're your king, but you got to know your general, right? Right. You know, you, it, mm-hmm. it's when the time comes, you have to be able to give out the orders. But at the end of the day, you're not all you're over. Um, you're not the all-encompassing power over everybody. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if you how many employees you have, Todd, but I know me and um, Kevin have spoken about. Um, our employees and the culture we try to build in our companies. And ultimately you look out and you're like, you know, you're building a sort of a family up underneath you. Mm-hmm. You're doing enough to provide means to put money on, <laughs> on their table as well, so they can go home and eat. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's this, this pressure, as you say, the pressure cooker, as you build the company and get more successful, it's just more pressure because there's more mouths to feed. Um, and, and so you do have to have a, a strong level of confidence to handle that. Definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, man, I want to come back because, uh, when we come back from the musical break, I actually want to talk about something. I think that, you know, celebrating the journey for myself, uh-huh. you know, I don't really do a lot of celebrating. So I want to know what some of the things are that you guys do to celebrate the journey. And, you know, how do you make sure that you, uh, you know, keep ego out of it, man. Because I, I seriously, you know, I don't do too much celebrating and kind of sometimes underestimate uh, the magnitude of some of the things that I've accomplished. So, uh, right. man, when we come back from this quick musical break, I'd like to hear you guys' perspective on that. So, uh, yeah, beautiful right. people. If you have any questions for us, call in 212-650-6903. And uh, always go to curateyourlifeseries.com and sign up for our newsletter that will also be uh, coming with uh, more information on the Goals Challenge. Hi, I'm Diane. I have a daughter, Nikki, and she's a senior at high school. She just got accepted for early decision into college. Prior to taking Kevin's program, we were pretty overwhelmed because her college debt after her merit scholarships looks like it's going to be about 150000 in four years. Feeling pretty overwhelmed about that 150000 potential debt, I decided to enroll in Kevin's debt-free college academy full course program and I have to say the value for the money uh, for what we got out of the program was absolutely amazing. Kevin takes you step by step with many many different tips and many different strategies for not only the student but for us as parents for our student things that we can do to really help save money and prepare. If you or your child are looking to save money on college costs, sign up for Defree College Academy today at DefreeCollegeAcademy.com using coupon code FREECOLLEGE. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and definitely happy to be back here with you. We have Todd Wanish and Eric Fondren here. Uh, guys, y'all here? Y'all here with me? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, before we left, I think uh, the, the primary combo or the, the question that I had for you both, uh, Todd and Eric, was uh, how do you guys go about celebrating the journey as you're you know, on it? Because it's something that I don't necessarily do. I'm just always in my head like, man, I'm not there. I'm not there. You know, and so I'm just like consistently striving and overlooking the accomplishments that I do make. So how do you guys do that? Well, first of all, know you. that that's not a... Uh a singular issue. <laughs> I definitely go through that as well. Just like, you know, I'm not there yet. I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like celebrating uh, small issues, um, it, it, it comes down to like the culture you, you place in your team. Um, right now I have a pretty small team and we're all um, on the software side at the very least. 
And usually, you know, we have small sprints. We'll do one week, two week sprints where we're releasing new code, putting new features into the system. And I think the way we go about that process allows us to celebrate the small wins. So we all know exactly what needs to get done, how we want to get done. And when it does, you know, we'll, we'll sit back, we'll, we'll go out to lunch, talk about it. Everybody's just really in sync in terms of what it requires to push the, the company forward. Um, other than that, I think that usually we will do uh, business conferences a couple of times a year. And a lot of times that allows you to get away from the hustle and bustle of it all uh, and, and really just enjoy the team outside of a business environment. And that's, I think, probably the best way to celebrate. Get away from a business environment. And as Todd says, go be friends with people you can be friendly with. Mm. Yeah, and I would, I would say that uh, similar for us, we, we celebrate small wins. We do sprints as well for software development. And, uh, and when we hit milestones every couple of weeks, uh, we'll have a little drink, say, congratulations, you know, great, let's get back to work. Because I think big celebrations, um, you know, the journey is the celebration. You know, having, having a massive mm-hmm. celebration suggests that it's either a beginning or an ending. And, you know, <laughs> I, used to, I used to always question, I used to always think that it was, a, it was a, a problem with me. I would see people take on these huge venture rounds and then go out and have a massive parties with, like, hundreds of people spending that cash mm-hmm. instantly. And, I'm, and I was always like, why are you guys celebrating? You ain't started yet. Not only that, you're now in <laughs> debt. Hooray, we're millions of dollars in debt. Let's celebrate. <laughs> you know, we, we, <laughs> we owe people millions of dollars and we haven't built a product yet. Let's, let's party. Like, that's, that's not, that, right. that just makes me nervous. Forget that, man. Um, at, and also celebrating when you're in product mode or in development mode or, or maybe had a release. I mean, you're so busy. Uh, again, you don't want to celebrate mm-hmm. because things change on a dime. Um, right. In fact, yeah. I've only I've only broken that rule once, uh, and that was I had and and this is this is a, a use case for it for why I don't celebrate mm-hmm. is that I had a, a finally one of our products or one of our first products uh, wasn't doing too it was doing great it was doing good in terms of growing its user base and then I listened to an investor uh, and it was sound advice I thought. Um, there was nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't right for our business. But I listened to it, and everything tanked. So it wasn't doing well at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, out of the blue, somebody came by and asked if there, if there was a possibility to white-label the service. So I said, of course. That's, that's the next thing on our product roadmap. <laughs> you know? so let me, let, let's talk about it. That's crazy you should say that. That's exactly what we're working on. Why can't everybody white-label it? Always. Always. Always, man. Always. So... So we ended up doing a deal, uh, and it was the first time. It was huge for me. Again, single, you know, single founder, co-founder with my wife. Right. Um, it was mm-hmm. it was a mid six figure deal, mm-hmm. and I had the contract. Mm-hmm. I had it signed. Uh, I was waiting for the you know for the percentage up front, and uh, I cel- my celebration um, was to let my grand to show my grandfather because he was my my very first mentor. He pretty much raised me uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. he was also my one of my first investors. He he trusted me with with a little right. bit, and I wanted to. And he was you know in, he lived to be close to 104 years old. Wow. So for him, wow. for him, you know, twenty dollars was like a steak dinner, like you know, practically a car. You know, mm-hmm. so to show right. him a contract, <laughs> so, and he was a, he was a lawyer. So to show him a contract that he could read and understand that it was something real, uh, made my life 
it was, you know, he, he probably, you know, he was proud for me and proud of me, but uh, it was more for me to celebrate where I had gone to because he, he would have loved me either way. Um, and of course, uh-huh. the deal, the, the downside is, is that the, it, the deal didn't work out. It didn't go through. Uh, just uh-huh. it went it went south real fast, which I should have figured. Um, but uh, that's also so that was the one time I broke the rule. Right. I had to celebrate to show to show somebody that I cared about who who had faith in me my whole life to get me to where I was able to pull a contract out of my backpack and be like, hey, grandpa, check this out. Yeah. You know, right. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it feels good to uh, be able to get others to celebrate, you know, the small journeys with us because a lot of times they put in as much emotional work as we do. Yeah. <laughs> They're just living it on the sidelines. I know um, uh, celebrating my wins with my wife, despite her not being, you know, a co-founder like yours, Todd, she's still, I, I still think that <laughs> without her, I would not be. She's still your co-founder. You just all. haven't acknowledged it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no official title. Yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come with options. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's you celebrating with the people who have your your back the most mm-hmm. also is a good way to do it. Um that includes your team obviously. But just I think that instead of focusing on the celebration, mm-hmm. it's on, it's focusing on experiencing the wins and the failures together mm-hmm. as a group having the right the same mindset and that in and of itself is something that can be emotionally sustaining as opposed to needing to celebrate every single little stamp or sticker on the passport. Right. right. And I, th- and I think also, um, I tend to try to think small, right? Everyone says, think big, yeah. think big, think big. And, and it's true. You got to have vision. You got to understand right. where you think you want this, this ship to go. Um, but you need to think small. You start with getting one user or customer and then you mm-hmm. get 10 users mm-hmm. or customers. And then after 10, it's maybe 100. You just hit those milestones. So as you grow and as your business grows um, and as you grow as a person and as a leader, you start to understand that uh, by the time you get your millionth user, if you get your millionth user, it should be just as small of a victory as getting your first. It's just, just as important, right? There's no – you right. can have massive parties or whatever at that point because that's a huge accomplishment. And we all recognize that. But – but internally, right. you should still treat it as like, that's great, guys. Now, what's our next goal? See, and that's how I look right, at things. Right, right, right. You know, that's how I look at stuff is I'm always saying, you know what? You know, for example, you know, getting in the SOP, huge accomplishment. But as soon as I got my acceptance email, the first thing I said is now the work begins. Yep. Right. And it's for me, that's all I'm looking at. Like my, my whole thing is I'm here for results and I'm here to kill SHIT. Like that's that's it. That's what I do. You know what I mean? Because you can't uh-huh. the radio. But um, so that is literally like that's all I focus on. Okay, you hit me with a problem, solution, problem, solution, win. However, so that that's just pretty much where I'm coming from and how I how I view things. So uh, that that's my perspective. But hearing what you guys have said about you know celebrating you know the small things and just acknowledging it, I guess uh, is a big thing. You know, oftentimes my friends are more happy about things and accomplishments than I am. And I'm just kind of like, I'm just looking for the work, man. Yeah, man. Well, that's the whole <laughs> thing. I mean, you know, you, you, all of us have sacrificed weekends of like going out hanging out with friends or hitting movies or playing games or hitting clubs or bars. Or, I mean, I was, I was working hundred hour work weeks, uh, when all my friends were 
yeah. having nights and weekends off and chilling out. And oh, did you see this show? Right. No. Did you see that movie? No. <laughs> Dang, dude, what do you do? I'm working. Oh, you're a workaholic. I'm not a workaholic. I love what I do. What I do happens to right. be my work. I'm blessed. Don't stop me. Right. Don't try to put. Don't don't stand in my way, man. I'm I'm good. Mm. I love what I do. Why would you want to stop me from doing that? You just don't like the idea of work. Very true. Right. Eric, Very true. A uh, question true. for you, uh, Eric. Um, I know that you like your team. You've you know what I mean. Your team is is small now. It's been bigger. You know, you've mm-hmm. experienced some uh, different. Uh, number of employees. How do you keep a good relationship with your past employees to make sure that your CEO reputation uh, is maintained? You know, to be honest, I could probably do a better job at that. <laughs> okay. um, but ultimately, I do believe that I have and have had a strong relationship with all my past employees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've you know they've had they've either used me for recommendations, even if it's been months. I've had some of my employees come back and say, "Hey, I need this. I need that." And it's no big deal because they left amicably. We still have a really good relationship. Um, uh, most recently, I left. Uh, I lost uh, an operations manager that was really good at what she did. Helped um, helped the company drastically during a pivotal transition. And she was only with the company like five months, but it, she was just so solid. And um, from a you know conscientious standpoint, I do need to do better in terms of keeping that relationship open. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and developed. Um, but I think that uh, keeping people abreast, even if it's just like quarterly, like check in, seeing how they're doing, because you met them, you knew who they were. And if you're, you have a good rapport, then you probably learn certain things about them. Like this particular individual went to my baby shower. Um, uh, and so, you know, I know I met her daughter, it's about a one and a half years old, probably two years old at this point. <laughs> and so, you know, certain things about people, it's about being genuinely interested and, um, and acting on that interest. Um, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to do huge works. It's just showing actual genuine interest is mm-hmm. usually enough to keep a solid relationship going. I'm hearing authenticity all over this. Yeah, the answer to this question, just authenticity, man, just being who you are. Yeah, Yeah, and I would say that I would add to that by saying that most of the people that we work with uh, tend to be independent consultants. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've just Mm -hmm. we've just had much better luck uh, with people who tend to think that they're their own entity and that they have that entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. spark as well, even if it's just a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. rather than we've we've done employees and and full time freelance. And it just uh, at least for our business was much easier and much better. Uh, to have independent people who had their own thing going on. Mm. Um, right. And uh, I would say that our management of those people, it's, it's again, it goes back to the reputation and, and how, how we manage it, how I manage it, is by not thinking of it as reputation and thinking about it more as just helping people out. So if I see an opportunity that comes across my desk, um, somebody emails me, another entrepreneur says, hey, we're looking for this or that, and it's not something that we actually handle, the first thing I do is go to the mm-hmm. people who I've worked with in the past or people in my network and I say, you know, I ask permission. Do you mind if I do an intro? Yes. Okay, great. And then I do the intro. And um, mm-hmm. I think that keeps everything fresh and, and it keeps people in your thoughts because especially from our perspective of working with freelancers or consultants, um, if I can't hire you right now for a specific project, that doesn't mean I can't help you. Right. Uh, and it doesn't mean I'm trying to uh, – it doesn't mean that I'm looking for something at the end of it, I just do it with no expectation. Uh, and I think that adds to the humility and, and authenticity that I hope to, to 
showcase because I feel that I'm a pretty humble guy, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's doing the best you can and, and remembering how you were raised and, and trying to bring that into your business life. And, and it even yeah. goes into one of our products. Like my wife and I have a, my wife actually leads a, um, a company called Ruby Thursday, and she essentially helps junior Rails developers uh, level up. It's like grad school for junior de- Rails developers. And a lot of that became uh, from the fact that we were doing software and, and we had our own team and we had freelancers and consultants, but we needed more. And the people that were coming to us and, and the entrepreneurs that were coming to us looking for people to staff up, just, you know, the, there were problems there. There was a big gap there. So we were, so we just said, well, we can help. And we just started showing people what to do. And it wasn't, we weren't thinking we were going to make anything out of it. Uh, and she just started doing tutorials once a week for her own benefit. And she did it for, th- she's done it for three years now. And out of that, she's built an audience. Wow. And now as a side benefit of providing value and being helpful to a community, mm-hmm. she has a network of mm-hmm. thousands of developers. So it's, it was not necessarily a selfish goal to say, I want to have thousand, a thousand developers. How do I do that? It was, it was, mm-hmm. I need, I, you know, Oh, somebody came to me and needs help. I'm just going to help them. And that turned into something else, which turned into something else, which is now now is bearing fruit. Mm. Wow! Yeah, I think that comes back to being a beacon. You know, I think if you're if you choose to be a CEO, um, or you choose to be an entrepreneur, even at that, uh, there's there's a certain part of you that goes beyond what you do for work, that goes beyond what you do in general. It's just who you are in terms of wanting to be some level of beacon to be have some level of influence over the world around you mm-hmm. and if you're a good CEO usually that's a positive influence um, and so learning how to marry the skills you have with your inner goals and drive that you have in order to bring people along with you the more powerful of a CEO and more successful you'll be um, I think it all comes down to really being able to tap into innate human power to influence others positively Right, it's that really it's, metaphysical. It's that old <laughs> saying that a, um, a rising tide raises all boats, right? Mm. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. So, what else you got? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, all day, I can do this all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. Well, one last question, or at least you know, one last topic area. Um, when you're when you're developing a, re- a reputation, mm-hmm. and you have a number of different stakeholders, you have your business to build, you have products to iterate on. What is it that you focus on first in order to really develop your re- reputation management? Is that your customer experience? Is that your employee expectations? Is that your brand? Um, is that the product? What is it that you focus on first? What's the foundation in terms of a good reputation for both you and your business? Mm. Mm. That is a good question. I would say that it depends on what stage of your business you're at. If you're, if you're, if this is the the beginning of a business, uh, then I would say that it's audience. It's the reputation that you build with an with an audience. Um, it's not about the idea. It's about the audience that you build, and the way that you build that relationship with that audience is, you know, uh, three steps. Right? It's it's people get to know you then they like you, and then uh-huh. they trust you. And that's, that's with everything, everybody, right? We first get to know each other, then we like each other, then we trust each other, then we can work together. And so, so I think that first, be, before product, before worrying about employees, before who I'm going to hire, what 
I'm going to build or what software product it is or how much development is going to cost or trying to raise a seed round or anything like that. It's building that audience and getting that audience behind you. Uh, because once you have, once you have a, a passionate audience behind you, the rest kind of falls into place. It, having, a, having a passionate audience and having a relationship with a group of mm-hmm. people that are there to support you gives you the ability to make mistakes. They will forgive right. mistakes because you've built up that trust. You've built up a, a cachet of like, oh, man, th- these guys are really good. They're really good people. They messed up this time, but I, I'm still with them. I'm still in there, right? And, and that only comes right. through, through the slow process of, of building a friendship with a large group of people through uh, whether mm-hmm. social media, blog post, video, radio, podcasting, whatever your choice medium is. Consistent um, communication. Consistency, consistent communication. And again, being open and humble enough to help people when you're not getting anything out of it. Well, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher the, old, the saying, but there is a, 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 something that has to do with uh, what true character is. And it goes something along the lines of uh, you can you, you can tell the true character of somebody by what they do when how they what how they act around you when you can't help them. Yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah. something along those mm-hmm. lines, and I, and that's very true. You might not be able to help me. It doesn't matter. I'm here to help you because I want to, and because I think you're worthy of that help. I think uh, right. to piggyback off of what you were saying just a second ago, Todd. I think one of the other things, Eric, is is that you have to create a standard. You know, and this is, of course, after, you know, making sure that you know what the product is and, and you know, who your mm-hmm. audience is going to be and building up their audience. You have to create a standard. And that standard has mm-hmm. to go across the board. So you have to have a standard with your team, how you want uh, things to, f- to flow. You have to have create a standard for yourself. You know what I mean? And then you also mm-hmm. have to have a standard of what this brand looks like and the message that you're projecting. And that goes, you know, from qu- uh, product quality as well as to just mm-hmm. the overall look of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, you also have to allow yourself to grow and evolve, right? So, you know, if you, if you, uh, you might start off at one place, right? And things look a certain way, but you are evolving consistently. But that standard of, let's say, the schedule of when you're making your social media posts, how often you're doing it, you know, what your employees are, are doing and, and, you know, what you're responding to on social media, all of those things. I think that all of that has to be consistent and be standard. And so, therefore... You um, you know, you, you're consistent across the board. Again, that, that word consistency. Because like one thing for me, like that I always say, you know, when I'm dealing with uh, certain other designer friends, I'll be like, I'll say, man, that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. And that means that <laughs> this is a no-go. Mm-hmm. Or we have another saying where we say, man, that's gargoyles, which means that that is ugly as, <laughs> right. You know, you just be like, this is gargoyles, bro. Like, come on, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. You know, and you'd be like, that's not sexy. Or you'd be like, yeah, that's it. That's sexy. Yeah. And right. it's not in the, the term, I mean, in meaning sexy, but it's just like, yeah, that hits the standard. That's what I'm talking about. Well, that's because you know your right. audience. And your audience is attracted to who you are as a person because mm-hmm. you're the figurehead and you're the leader and you're the CEO. Mm-hmm. So if if... Right. If I went to, uh, just knowing Kevin Y. Brown, if I went to Kevin Y. Brown's site mm-hmm. and it, it looked like uh, a used car salesman site from <laughs> 1998 on MySpace or GeoCities with like stars and, and, and you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it would throw me off. I'd be like, whoa. It's congruent. Know. It's not congruent. Exactly. That's, that goes into advertising and everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Congruency. Mm-hmm. 100%. Absolutely. So, uh, gentlemen, closing remarks, man. What uh, what would you say to our? Give us one tip that you would give our our, our listeners who are looking, of course, to uh, manage their reputation from the CEO seat. Eric, you want to go first on that one? 
There's the bus. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. Take a dive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one piece of advice is uh, take your mission seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Right? Like, people love people who are excited by something, but that excitement doesn't allow them, it doesn't skew their perspective on, on life. Right? Like, so if you're super excited about cars, Yes, you can be super excited about cars, but don't make everybody a car person, right? Right. So you need to you need to understand that the superpower you have, the super influence you have from being this dynamic individual who can lead a company and build a business is a superpower that must be wielded responsibly. You should not be hitting everybody over the head and dragging them along with your vision. You should be more aware of how people are receptive to your vision and being along for the ride. And once you kind of get used to uh, reading people and how well they think with your vision, the, the easier it is to convince people to come along with the ride, the easier it is to, to lead others and to execute on that vision ultimately. So take your vision seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, and, and for me, I would say uh, there are certain things that affect your reputation and certain things that don't. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's very hard to tell sometimes. Uh, things that affect your reputation, things that affect your family, your customers, your employees, uh, your partners, uh, people you do business with, you need to take seriously. Uh, people just, just throwing shade at you on social media because they're jealous of you or because they wish they had thought of it. Uh, you, you, know, you have to be able to brush that stuff off. And, and you just got to remember that, that you know, wolves don't care about the bleats from sheep. Right. Not to say that entrepreneurs are predatory is to say that entrepreneurs are different people, that running a business is different than just throwing shade right. on social media. And a lot of people wish they could do what you do and they'll they, they'll never attempt it. And the only way that they can get over themselves and their own personal failures is to attack those that are trying something different. So you got to understand that that people starting to attack you on something as basic as social media a lot of the time, not all the time, uh, a lot of the time is just a way for them to vent about their own failings and their own lives, uh, you know. And and it's up to you as the leader and the founder and the entrepreneur and the CEO to differentiate between someone just talking trash and a customer who really has a legitimate problem that you need to get on the phone with and deal with immediately. Right. Wow. And I think what I would say is is that create the standard, follow the standard, be consistent with the standard, and do the work. And, you know, I think maintaining your reputation is, is a lot of, a lot of it is doing the work and creating a standard for yourself. And I feel like even when I crowdfunded to get this show started, I literally was, had people who I went to, who I hadn't seen since elementary school donating Mm -hmm. to the show and people from college who I hadn't talked in talked to in years mm -hmm. to get the show started and the reason why they were not reluctant and wanted to donate their money was because they understood the standard of work that I produce and how consistent I've been over the years mm -hmm. and they've been able to witness uh -huh. it and see it via social media so I think that that's one of the things in managing your reputation is to really really make sure that you create a standard that you stick to it mm -hmm. and that you um, really really make sure that you're consistent with it absolutely so, beautiful people, 
It has been a great, great Sunday. Our CEO Talks is uh, we're wrapping up. And I also want to highlight the fact that we have released, as of last Friday, episode number 75 of the Create Your Life series. Wow. We're going to do a round of applause in the studio. That's here. incredible. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Brother. Yeah, thank for you. real. Yeah, and, you know, thank you to the team. You know, Leah, Noah, you know, we, man, you know, it's been quite the journey. So, uh, we'll... Man, do y'all y'all want to say anything? Leah, you want to say? They all get shy when I'm like, y'all want to get on the mic? You want to get on the mic? But, you know, it's been an amazing journey. And, you know, again, creating that standard, you know, and definitely uh, making sure that people are, you know, are happy with their investments. So, you know, we not only do this for ourselves because it's great to talk with guys like, you know, you, Eric, and Todd, and, you know, all of the other guests that we've had, including female guests, but also because we want to make sure that people are happy with their investment, mm-hmm. you know, that they've made in the Create Your Life series. So... Without further ado, uh, we will catch you here next Sunday, and uh, it's been an amazing time. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 530 to 630 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York. We encourage you to participate in the conversation. Call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 <laughs> Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.